Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tires service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And welcome into the show, everyone. Happy uh, Thursday again. I feel like we're honestly just all over the place with our schedule. We, a little, little yeah. Thursday afternoon schedule for you today. A little Thursday afternoon delight. You know what I mean? Uh, hashtag I wish, but no. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Um, a lot going on. Uh, we're going to do kind of our end of year review for the NFL season, but also had our final two dominoes fall in the coaching hires. Uh, recently, and even the Commanders today, uh, hiring Dan Quinn and then the Seahawks going with the Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald. Uh, two pretty good hires. I, I think it's kind of crazy to see uh, both of these teams go the defensive route. Um, good for the Seahawks, I guess. I think that's kind of more their uh, M.O. Uh, Pete Carroll is a mm-hmm. defensive guy even. And Mike McDonald, what he's been doing with the Ravens defense over the last couple of years is has been lights out. I think it's time for him to, to get that job, uh, to be a head coach and, and see what he can do. And then the commanders going back and getting Dan Quinn, which is, it's kind of interesting given that he is a division rival, uh, from the Cowboys, but also he's a, he's a retread hire is what we used to always call him. He's been a head coach before he's been successful. It was kind of starting to look like he wouldn't get hired this cycle. And now here he is, he's going to be the head coach of the commanders. And every team has its title filled, right? So Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick not going to be head coaches in the NFL next mm-hmm. year. Kind of surprising. But to stick with Mike McDonald, because this guy does deserve his flyers. I mean, he coached the, the number one defense in the NFL this last year. Um, had a, a good AFC championship uh, performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, I know Mahomes and Kelsey had their first half matchup, but – Outside of that, in that second half, he pretty much shut him down, and he shut everybody down this entire football season. Uh, for him to head to the a- or the NFC West, I should say, uh, it's going to be interesting because the Cardinals have a defensive-minded head coach, and then the Rams and Niners clearly have offensive-minded head coaches. So a little bit of parity there, but at the same time, it's going to be fun to see what the Seahawks look like going forward because we have always known them to have this resilient defense that just doesn't let up and, and kind of makes you – take care of the ball and if you make a mistake well then you're going to lose and that trend's clearly going to stay even uh without pete carroll being the head guy and then for the commanders to get dan quinn uh, and more so just kind of confused with it personally like happy for dan quinn to get another opportunity but why are you going and getting a coach from a division rival that was a defensive coordinator and i think it was Stephen a smith said it best today is like the last time we saw this guy coach we watched like this defense not do very well against the Green Bay Packers and a first-year starting quarterback just was able to kind of dice you guys up again and again. Do you really yeah. want this in your division? I just, To me, I don't know. I feel like the commanders could have done better uh, or should have done better, 
And for some reason, they it feels like they're settling for Dan Quinn instead of getting the guy that maybe they really wanted, whoever that might have been. Yeah, I mean, maybe even the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to stay here and try to run it back another year in Detroit. Maybe that was even a case. I, I think some people maybe were waiting for him because I'll tell you, as soon as he said, no, I'm good, I'm staying in Detroit, Boom, two hires. It felt like I, I'm pretty sure that's the order of events that to happen in of, yeah, oh, this guy's not interested? Actually. Okay, let's go on to our next candidate. Uh, or or maybe, maybe that is wrong. Maybe Dan Quinn was the guy all along, or maybe Mike McDonald was the guy all along. But it did feel, it, feel, it did feel, let me speak, <laughs> like that's kind of what happened, and maybe it was. But also, I, I like the fact that Ben Johnson, who's been a hot name in coaching circles, decided, no, I don't really want to go to the Seahawks. I don't really want to go to the Commanders. I'll wait until next year. I'm, I don't really like either of those situations. So, I mean, what does he – does he just take a year off of coaching then? No, he's he's going back. He's going to be the OC with the Lions. Oh, I Ben Johnson. I was thinking Mike Vrabel is where my mind went. Sorry, I replaced it. I heard Vrabel mm-hmm. and then stuck with that. But So, for Vrabel then, is he just going to take a year off of coaching? Like he just, I guess so. It's it's interesting because it felt like he the Titans moving on from him was like, a, well, you guys just clearly made a mistake. Why in the heck would you fire mm-hmm. this guy, who's pretty much feels like the reason of your any bit of success you guys have had mm-hmm. ever since he's been the head coach, and now you're just moving on from him. Yeah, it's interesting. It's gonna to be. Me. It is, and with Vrabel, I kind of thought that he might catch on uh, somewhere. I, I think that he probably will again, but. I also think that he can go and do a lot of different things. He might he might even be able to do media stuff. I don't know if he wants to, if that's the route he wants to take. Or uh, maybe he even wants to dip back into the college ranks a, a little bit and, and try there. I mean, he was he was in the college ranks for a little bit. Maybe you don't go and do one of those. You know, Nick Saban used to always bring in these guys. I don't know who's going to do it anymore, but maybe. I was going to say, who is that now? Yeah, Ryan Day up at Ohio State. That's where he was at. Uh, so maybe they bring in a guy like Vrabel, or because he's still so young. I just I don't know what his his path is. Maybe it is. It's take a year off and um, do just some a media or forced sabbatical. <laughs> I've been yeah, a little a little gap year. Yeah, like, eh, don't mind me. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, like. Recently, I've seen like Steve Spagnola did it, and I remember when the mm-hmm. Chiefs hired him, it was, uh, you know, I, I got to sit back a year and just kind of reevaluate everything going on in the NFL and kind of just add to my own playbook. And he's like, I remember when he took the job, I was like, yeah, I feel a lot more confident, I feel more comfortable, relaxed. I was like, all right, we'll see how this works out. Clearly, it's been good. So mm-hmm. for Mike Frable, maybe the next hire is like a, ooh, look out, because this guy's he's re-energized now. Yeah, or you know, Mike McCarthy did it too. He took a year off, and it might have been even mm-hmm. more than that. It felt like, and then he got the Cowboys job. So I mean, maybe Vrabel takes a year off, and then he comes back and he gets the Cowboys job uh, because I don't Ooh. know that, <laughs> that job is probably going to open up next year. That's uh, a hilarious you know. thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lame duck coach just sitting there with only one year left on his deal, so. I don't know. We'll see. It is, it is going to be weird to have Rabel not on the sidelines. Uh, or I guess maybe it's still early. I could see him taking a defensive coordinator job too, though. I don't even know what's opened up. Or some kind yeah. of defensive assistant job to be like, yeah, I'm still in it, but I'm not going to head coach this year. I'll get back in it next year. 
Uh, we got our guy Jake the Snake here in the chat asking, uh, do we think Cliff Kingsbury would be a good OC for the Raiders? And I was typing out my answer here, but I'm just going to tell you. Uh, as a mm-hmm. Chiefs fan, I would love that hire. As a Raiders <laughs> fan, I would not. <laughs> because yeah. Cliff Kingsbury it just has not shown to be a good offensive-minded head coach and get the uh, – get everything necessary out of a quarterback. Like mm-hmm. he was in uh, USC this year. I feel like all of a sudden there's these question marks kind of surrounding Caleb uh, Williams. And it's like, okay, Hey, actually, can this guy, is he going to be able to make the transition to the NFL and make these reads properly and correctly and get the ball out of his hand? Or is he going to be a guy that like just to dance around the pocket and try and make magic happen on every single play? And if that's the way he's going to live, you're going to be a bust, dude. Like that's just the way that's going to work out for you. I feel like a couple years ago we didn't have those questions about Caleb Williams. Now, kind of starting to rise. I felt like Caleb Williams struggled this year. Who happened to be there? Cliff Kingsbury. My thing with Kingsbury, and I will say this is biased. I, I do have a thing against Cliff Kingsbury because he was a coach at Texas Tech. I'm a Texas fan. I think a lot of times I'm able to put my bias aside. He's not one of them that I can do that with. I can't look at a coach that had Patrick Mahomes in college was throwing the ball 60 times a game, and you only broke 500 as a record once. You went 8-5, and five, was your best record ever, and that was the best that you could do with Patrick Mahomes in the Big 12. And football is so much more than having a good quarterback. It's a little bit easier to do in college when you have a good quarterback, though. Yeah, I mean, even looking at some of these other teams, or Caleb Williams and what they did at USC this year, a lot of that was on their defense but it's still just mind-blowing to me that you had, I mean, even you had Baker Mayfield, you had Patrick Mahomes, and I don't remember the third quarterback, Davis Webb. Like You had three NFL quarterbacks on your roster. You really couldn't do anything with any of them, and you're supposed to be this offensive-minded guy, and you go to the Cardinals, and your offense never really takes off there, uh, despite having the number one pick in the draft. You handpicked Kyler Murray, so... I think he gets a little bit overrated as a coach. Maybe this is my bias coming through, but I just I don't see it with Cliff Kingsbury. And I think there are probably a lot of people that do. Maybe people that don't have this Texas versus Texas Tech thing. But I've just never really understood why he continues to fail upward. Like the, the getting fired from Texas Tech, your alma mater, and then landing the Arizona head coach job. I, I honestly, I would say head, hats off to his agent who did some just mind jujitsu on the Cardinals, because I don't know why anybody would have looked at him at Texas Tech and thought, yeah, he's going to do it in the NFL. He wasn't like some guy that was just scheming up crazy stuff at Texas Tech and it just wasn't working. So it never made sense to me. As an offensive coordinator, I I almost think he needs some humbling of like, yeah, I'm going to go be an offensive coordinator uh, coming back to the NFL but I I never saw him as like this big offensive-minded guy. I, he came from an offensive system. I don't know that that makes you offensive-minded. It makes me like, what is his offense? Like, What does he want? Does he just yeah. want to spread the field and sling it? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, why hasn't that's it worked fun to do. then? Like, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> Madden. Like, that's me and Madden. Like, I'm throwing 500 exactly. yards a game. But real uh-huh. life, like, you, you're going to have to set the tone running the football. You're going to have to get your quarterback in a rhythm, and then you can take your shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I just need to say that and then go be an offensive coordinator somewhere? Like, I'll call Texas Tech right <laughs> now and be like, hey, you need a guy? I got you. They might hire you. Or the Cardinals. 
Cardinals might hire you too. Um, I don't. That, that what hire a story was... that would be, from podcast to coach, <laughs> country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> coach country like, that's what this guy can you imagine like the cardinals hired <laughs> if anybody's gonna do it it's the arizona cardinal and i am just i will I'm write them sorry a letter tonight. I <laughs> if we have any listeners that are arizona cardinals fans but man, you hired cliff kings cliff kingsbury and then you fired him rightfully so and then you hired Gannon, who <laughs> also just super awkward. Great value, Cliff good. Kingsbury. It's just, I mean, I don't know. That's the best way I could put it. It's like, eh, all uh-huh. right, cool, cool. Gosh, you even had Bruce Arians. And that, like, that kind of didn't go they well about, either. He had to stroke out. Like, he had to, he had to quit. for. He legitimately had to take a sabbatical. Like, I need a break. Uh-huh. You guys are going to kill me. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. There might be something to that with the Arizona teams. With the Cardinals, because they just higher after higher is bad. You got to start looking at uh, look at the top and see what's going on there. I was going to say, is... I think it might be the the owner president. What, <laughs> yeah. That dude, that dude just gives me creepy vibes. Anyway, it's just uh-huh. bad vibes, man. Um, other guys that aren't going to be getting uh, coaching jobs this year talked about it a little bit, but Pete Carroll. That was not as shocking to me with Pete Carroll. It, it felt like he. And I saw a tweet earlier today, so maybe this is wrong, but uh, I'll credit it. And it said that Pete Carroll had told the Seahawks that he was wanting to retire and then had a change of heart, and they said, eh, we're good, actually. We are going to move on. Maybe he does want to retire. Maybe he's still trying to figure it out. This one wasn't as big of a surprise for me that he's going to be jobless going into next season. Maybe this is a situation where he takes a sabbatical uh, and then does decide that, I, I think he probably decides, yes, I do want to retire. Like, this is nice. I, I don't have to go into work. I don't have to watch film ever again. But I could also see Pete Carroll, more so than Vrabel, taking a job in the media because I think he would be just fantastic if he wants it. Oh, I completely agree with that. And with Carroll, for some reason, I was always under the understanding that he was stepping down but was then going to take like a front right. office position like i thought he was retiring mm-hmm. up in a sense kind of what we talked about with kingsbury getting fired up um mm-hmm. so maybe i don't know maybe i was just wrong so again i wasn't surprised either with him not getting a job uh eric Bieniemy we have here on the list as well um i don't know if it's concerning but it's questionable <laughs> on being the oc in washington uh you you had it felt like you had some strong interviews with the media while you were there of like, you know, I'm here to like, I'm here to do my job and make sure my guys are in the right position mm-hmm. and doing what they're supposed to has, did that message just not relay well with the players was, you know, the culture that bad in Washington that they were not prepared to take that type of coaching, that strong leadership mm-hmm. that Eric B tends to have. Um, or did it just not gel with anybody? And now we're just not going to see him be an offensive coordinator. Is he legitimately going to have to just go back and kind of just take a demotion himself you know, so go back to be a running backs coach. Just being humble and like, yeah, I'll just coach running backs now instead of having head coaching mm-hmm. interviews. And I almost feel bad for him with this. Yeah, I don't almost. I do. Like I, I genuinely do. Three years mm-hmm. in a row of head coaching opportunities, not getting them. You move on to go be an OC somewhere, and then your coach gets fired, and now you got to go coach running backs again. Like, yeah, kick yep. rocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And with the enemy too, it's wild because, um. Nobody was even really talking about him in the head coach circles. Like last year, the hype on it had kind of died down 
to where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the enemy's going to interview for some spots or he's going to go be an OC somewhere else. So we were still talking about him during this time, during January when we have the coaching carousel. I didn't hear his name mentioned at all. I didn't read any articles that were like, oh, Eric Bieniemy is a serious candidate for this job. I mean, I feel like he's interviewed for 31 head coaching jobs, it feels like, <laughs> yeah. all of them except for the Kansas City Chiefs, and just no one was interested. And now I, I think you're right. He, maybe he has some humble pie, too, of it. Just kind of sucks. Like, sorry about you, man. Your offense wasn't great last year. Your head coach gets fired. You might have to go and, and be – a running backs coach or, or take on a, a different job. But um, it was just weird to see him not mentioned at all. I mean, he was the hot yeah. topic. I won't say coaching prospect, but the hot topic for the last couple of years uh, when we talked about coaches. And then one guy that we haven't talked about yet is Bill Belichick. No Belichick next year is going to be uh, different for sure, but I don't know what his – next move is we talk about Pete Carroll we talk about uh, Mike Vrabel those guys could go they could do media for a year you could catch on and like if you're Vrabel go coach linebackers and just be like yeah I'm going to do this for a year and then be a head coach again Pete Carroll maybe doing the front office stuff would be great in media Belichick doesn't have those options and I don't think you can put him on another staff because it is going to make things wildly awkward if you start to struggle yeah. and you know that you have a head coach that has like eight Super Bowl rings just sitting there waiting to be the interim head coach, I'm not putting that guy on my staff, not unless I am solidified. Like if I'm Andy Reid, I might be like, yeah, Bill, you can come coach defense um, <laughs> over here. Spagnola's got it, but you can help. <laughs> You can or... <laughs> consult, you know what I mean? You just, right. Maybe you just hang out, my guy. Just Just relax. <laughs> Yeah, enjoy this but, Midwest humidity. You know, welcome to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll send him a text of like, you know, just see red and think Super Bowls. <laughs> Although he already has a ton of Super Bowls, I don't. I don't even know what with Belichick what his like interest is. Does he does he want to retire? Does he want to coach? Probably just wants to sit at home with his dog and then go on his boat ride and just ignore his wife. <laughs> He's just, just gonna be like, like Bill, Bill Belichick's wife's like. Where's my husband at? I don't know. He's probably just going to take like scouting visits and just be like, oh, are you having a pro day today? I'm going to show up and scout it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have nothing else to do, but I'll go to North Carolina. Yeah, we'll check yeah. out Chapel Hill. Uh, fourth and- round projection? I'll take you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't have a position? Wonderful. Second round draft pick. Here we go. Uh, it Wine is going to be weird. I've had some of those before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you you played uh, quarterback in college. Come play receiver for me. <laughs> you were a lacrosse guy. Never played football. You're fast. Maybe that's Shit. what he does. Yeah. Maybe he just starts dipping into other sports. Maybe he goes to <laughs> lacrosse or something else. I don't. I don't know what he's going to do. Anyway, I kind of want to see Navy, him do media. Would he go? Would he do anything with Navy? Is there a role for him there? I don't know what it would be. I, he's not going to go out and recruit for you. Yeah. Like, does he just volunteer for a year? Does he do what Sean Payton did and we make a movie about him? Just go. He can't go coach his son's team because his sons were coaching with him. Does he go what coach his, his grandkids? Sons doing? That's one of his sons is the DC now in New England, though, right? I think one of them did take a job, or maybe both of them stayed on with Gerard uh-huh. Mayo. But yeah, I mean, the whole family shake up there with Bill. 
Yeah. I would assume you... that he's got some money tucked away and that he'll be all right. He's one of those guys that has never spent his money. Yeah, he does. He does. I always think about that when coaches get fired. I'm like, man, you just lost your income for a whole year. So like Belichick, he might be out of work for a year. This isn't like if one of us uh, got fired or let go and you just go out and find another job. This is, there are no jobs available in my profession (laughs) for one calendar year. (laughs) But surely though, like if you get fired or set, like, I don't know. Is there a payout in the NFL? Like, because your, your contract's guaranteed, right? As a coach, it is, yeah. Yeah. Or that's something that like, I feel like most coaches are probably planning for. Like, I might get let go. Let's tuck some money away. But if you're Belichick and you're sitting on eight Super Bowl rings, are you really worried about, like, yeah, you know, just in case I get fired? <laughs> that thought probably didn't hit him until November. <laughs> Yeah. And now it's like February 1st. He's like, oh, no. Mac Jones um, is that interception. Like, I actually, I don't even care if I get fired. This sucks. This sucks so much. Yeah, just get me out. I don't even care. Um, and one other coaching hire that happened um, is a defensive coordinator. The Green Bay Packers uh, take Boston College head coach and made him the defensive coordinator, uh, which is, it's cool. It's It's whatever. But I have seen a lot of people talking about this might become a trend of college head coaches trying to get into the NFL. Um, and the weird part is, is because they're tired of, uh, of dealing with the money aspect of NIL and, and trying to get away from it to where they can just go and be coaches again. And there's a lot of pressure on head coaches at the college level. If You know, I saw earlier today Ole Miss hired a new GM uh, for their job. And I just, I don't, it's wild what is happening with college football. I still like Ole it. Ole Miss hired a GM? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. A guy that they, I, I believe, poached from Texas even. But, like, all these colleges now, uh, the big ones, are hiring GMs. If you're, if you're not a big program, you're dealing with a lot of this on your own. You're dealing with recruiting. You're dealing with uh, trying to talk to people probably for NIL deals. Uh, you're worried about recruiting violations. It does feel like the NFL went from being the very stressful profession to now it's in college football. And I do wonder if we see more guys making that jump of, I'm trying to get out of college football. I don't really want to be here right now. It's just, it's wild to see. And I, I you, you see it happen often, but usually not at a big ACC program where now you're going to be a defensive coordinator for the Packers. I mean, does that come with a pay raise? Or is it about the same? I would assume that's about – you're probably taking a pay cut. You to so. go from the head coach of Boston College. Well, that's probably like, what, two mil a year? I don't think you would make that as a defensive coordinator. Golly, I wish I could get paid $2 million a year to coach football. <laughs> I mean, like, even at – like, yeah, we're going to suck, but it's fine. We'll have a couple guys that come out and end up being good. But outside of that, like, there are just zero expectations for us. Oh, and I get $2 million? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yeah, he had two years left on his deal at $4 million per year at Boston College. So this is pretty wild, too. He's getting $4 million a year at Boston College. There's no way you're paying him that as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. And I don't know that those – Details are going to be out there, but like D coordinators don't make that in the NFL. Not unless you are 
an established good like, hey, we don't want to lose you as a head coach, so we're going to pay you a lot of money. Like Ben Johnson with the Lions is probably not making four mil a year. You don't um, think so? I don't think so. Oh, man. I mean, some of these head coaches aren't making a lot of money. That's I, I say, like, Andy Reid's making, like, what, 11, I think? The average coordinator makes around $1.5 million a year, with the wow. top guys being paid three to four. So, I mean, the top guys are making three to four. You're not going to be a top guy when it's your first year in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. So, you mean yeah, he's Andy taking a Reed, pay cut? Andy Reid's only making ten million dollars this season, mm-hmm. which is nice smokes. because none of that counts against your salary cap. But it's still you're not making you're making running back money. <laughs> you're <a top> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Have fun grinding it out, uh, doing all the work. And then maybe making double digits on the million. Now, obviously, it's a lot of mm-hmm. But it is, I, I'm curious to see if it is going to be a trend and what happens. Are we going to see more college coaches jump and try to become coordinators? Or are we going to see guys try to jump and become head coaches? You know, uh, uh, There are a lot of good young coaches out there right now. Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, they're still young enough, and they're that – offensive-minded coach that the NFL loves? Are we going to see the NFL try to entice them away from the college ranks? Uh, can they use a, like a recruiting tactic of you won't have to deal with NIL? There's no player likeness yeah. up here. We take care of it all up here. We have a GM that runs things. So it, it will be kind of crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then also – I never, never realized that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with all these other colleges hiring GMs, too, there's a lot of opportunities. There's just so much opportunity for a lot of back and forth. I mean, we were not that far removed from the NFL and college being like, no, you establish yourself very early on in your coaching career of, I want to be a pro coach or I want to be a college coach. And yeah. now there's just there's so much back and forth of uh, these GM player personnel jo- uh, jobs that are in college football, too. It's wild. And if the NCAA or a governing body was any better at their job, they would probably regulate it, but they haven't. They've just been sitting there like, nah, I don't figure itself out. Yeah, it'd be all right. Don't need to worry about it. As your top programs spend $15 million in the transfer portal every year. <laughs> but, yeah, it'll, That's just it'll probably insane. figure itself out. Someone mm-hmm. asked me the other day, like, isn't Arch Manning getting paid to like be at Texas? I was like, yeah. And they're like, what does he do? Sits the bench. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, yeah, Texas has money to spend, and he's getting some of it. Happy is Every once in a while, he jumps up off the bench, and he warms up his arm. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, He's well, not going he... in, but. Go. They, asked, they said, is he going to play next year? Nope. He's not. <laughs> nope. And how much oh, is he so... getting? About two, three million. Yeah, I like, get that a lot, like too. Like a brick wall of like, Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> People ask me about Arch Manning all the time, too. Like, oh, okay, well, I saw the other quarterbacks coming back. So does that mean Arch is leaving? No, he's <laughs> going to stay, actually. <laughs> Please don't stress me out. Please don't stress me out. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, are you? <laughs> do, you do you want to get into the fast talk? We can. I'm in a 24-hour <laughs> fast. Uh, How many hours into it are you? In about eight minutes. 
<laughs> I'm actually well over 24 at this point. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm probably yeah. 20. Yeah, probably close to 26, 28, somewhere in there. I couldn't even tell you the longest I've gone. I've never done a fast. I've done ever. a 48-hour fast before. Um, and by the time you reach that 36-hour mark, you're fine. Like, your body's completely adjusted. What is the purpose of a fast? Um, it, it's so Some people are just like, that's so stupid. Why would you even do it? Well, one, it just kind of like you have to be disciplined. And two, it just kind of like helps reset your body. Like, any toxicity, toxic, toxicity that I had in my body, that's a tough word for some reason for me to say. Love it. Um, <laughs> is like removed. You're flushing your system out because you can't have any calories. So that's black coffee or, or water. Um, that's about it. So like you're just you're mm-hmm. kind of flushing your system um, and you're just living off of caffeine or, or the water, right? But if you need electrolytes and you <laughs> can put salt and just have, like, put some salt in the water and just have some salt water. Um, you don't overload Yum. it with salt, so like, don't be crazy with it, right? But like, <laughs> just put a little dash of salt in there, and it has a little flavor, and you're fine. I I had to do that for the 48 hour fast that I did, but with this one, um, it's more so a group that I'm in and a part of, and kind of just part of the discipline and keeping your attention elsewhere. So, so I've done weak, it with. How weak do you feel right now? Uh, I feel fine. Like, if I needed to go do a workout, like, stamina-wise, I probably wouldn't last very long. But strength-wise, I think I'd be all right. Uh-huh. Don't ask me to do a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I for think a it's long really time. Funny, though, but... Because years ago, we were talking to you about intermittent fasting. Yeah, of like, hey, stupid. just don't eat breakfast. And uh, you, you'll start to feel a lot better. And you'll start to cut some weight. And you're like, absolutely not. Can't, cannot <laughs> yeah. do that. Can't Dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why would you not feed yourself? Here I am. And now you're Dude, talking I'm about a, two days. Yeah, 48 Dude, hour. I went two days with no food. Freaking cool. No. You haven't cheated it at all? I uh, No, I almost did. Because at work yesterday, we had like a little ice cream party thing. So I walked in Oof. the kitchen today and saw the toppings that I bought, which is Reese's Pieces. Oh, favorite candy. Uh, and I about just scooped a handful, and I had that bag open, and my hand just about to dive in there. And I was just like, ah, I can't. <laughs> so I grabbed an extra water and walked out. <laughs> mm, good for you. I'm no. a sucker for Reese's Pieces as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just, the, like, they're M&Ms, but better, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. just that's the only way I can explain it. Yeah, it's you the get those bad boys. It. Put some in, in some cookies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might do that tonight. I might do it right after the show, actually. I'll swing by your house tonight. <laughs> I know some. you don't like unannounced <laughs> visitors, but I might be there. You just uh, hear, it's me. <laughs> Want yeah. some cookies. Uh, other things that we have going on around the NFL. Uh, tonight, the Pro Bowl games have kind of, they, they kick off, they start. Um, I have not have paid any... anything about it. I've not mm, seen no. anything for it. I, I literally thought, okay, I know the Pro Bowl is coming up. Let me Google something, see what's going on, and see what we're even doing this year. And then learned that it starts tonight with these little games that they do. Um, so I went to NFL.com. They're going to do a precision passing, which is cool. Um, we'll see what happens. I'll look for it on Twitter. Um, I'm not going to watch it. They're doing the <laughs> yeah. best catch, which is supposed to be like their version of the slam dunk contest, which... It was all right. I didn't watch yeah, it last, last year. Last year was pretty neat. Like I, I just see what they put, what's posted on social mm-hmm. media, and like that's just that's honestly it. Like I'm not gonna put this on my TV. I'll see it while I scroll. 
Yeah, they do the high stakes, uh, which is uh, see how many uh, punts you can catch and who can hold the most footballs as they catch it. That's one that like uh, just originated from practices. I remember doing this in practices. Yeah. Like, how many can you catch? Now they do it. Uh, they do dodgeball as well, which that one would probably be the most enticing for me to watch. Uh, but also, I would just be nervous that my favorite player, not mine, because they're not playing in it again this year, um, would just like tear his ACL playing dodgeball out there. Yeah, I didn't have that thought once, but now I'm worried about it. Luckily, really? I don't actually have to. I was a Chiefs fan, but yeah, I never thought yeah. about just tearing my ACL playing dodgeball. I remember there was a long time ago, this might have been the late 90s or early 2000s, they did um, flag football on the beach in the sand. Uh, but they would have like the fresh the the rookies come in and play, and some of the younger guys, kind of like what the NBA does with their freshmen versus sophomores. Um, but I can remember a running back for the Patriots playing in the flag football game and tearing his ACL, and he was just never really the same. I can't remember what his name was, but ever since then, when I watch these Pro Bowl games, I'm like, you are you are one plant away. Yeah from just not having an NFL career anymore. Yikes. Mm -hmm. But the Pro Bowl, it's a good idea. It's I'm dead, the, though. Like, it's just I'm dead the, in the water. There's no bringing it back. Like, I just... Yep, I'm the guy that they should be marketing to, and I don't know that there's anything that they can do to make me change my mind on the Pro Bowl. I Like, if they... Like, the NFL just brags about how much money they make, how much viewership they get. Put the money where your mouth is then. Like, let's pay these guys to come in and compete and do, like, the old contest, like the longest throw, the, the, the obstacles that they had to go through for the quarterbacks and then throw on the run or, you know, hit a moving target. That's interesting to me. To see them stand still and then hit these weird-looking moving targets, I don't think it's, like, and in the smoke and the noise, that's stupid. I want the old style in Hawaii, bright and sunny, wearing visors, hanging out, having fun. Like to me, that was cool. Like that's what made the Pro Bowl fun is that they also got a vacation to Hawaii in it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I I'm going to the Pro Bowl and I got to go to Orlando. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm good. Uh huh. As a player, there's no way I would be like, yay, a trip to Orlando. Yeah. Uh, like, we live in a different era too. Maybe this is a Jason and Travis Kelsey problem. I would almost rather. Maybe it's a me problem. Maybe I'm just old. Put a couple guys together that don't usually get a lot of attention. Sit them down and interview them together. Let them talk about nothing. Don't yeah. just ask them these uh, football questions where they give these basic answers. Let them have almost like a podcast setting of like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. Let's get to know these players. Like I would listen to some of those on a Monday morning or a Thursday morning instead of watching yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, literally, one of the games is closest to the pin. And I thought, like, okay, what are they doing with closest to the pin? Like, is it, like, throw a football, see who gets closest? Mm -hmm. It's literally golf. They are literally doing <laughs> closest to the pin. I don't care at all <laughs> to watch Baker no. Mayfield do closest to the pin. But you put a microphone in front of him. You get him with another guy that is maybe... Uh, as somebody that was a, a rival or a college teammate or something, some interesting pairing, interview these dudes, I would probably listen to that. Call it the Pro Bowl, whatever you want to do. But the, I think you're right. The Pro Bowl is just, it's kind of dead. It doesn't interest me 
at all. So much so that I even really kind of forgot that it was even happening and that it's still a thing. Just time to time to listen to us because I think that's a good idea, actually. Listen to us. Listen to you. That's a good idea, actually. And then and guys <laughs> talking that don't normally talk that actually have like a lot of like unique stuff to say. Mm-hmm. Like two of the quarterbacks for the NFC are Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield. Let those two guys sit down and talk with each other. Both of them transferred in to Oklahoma, two Heisman yeah. Trophy winning quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield has kind of gone zero dark 30. He doesn't do as much media anymore. Jalen Hurts, I only see him talk when he's being interviewed at a podium. Like, let's get to know those two guys just a little bit better over the weekend. And I would tune in. I, I completely agree with that. And, you know, I'm right there with you. And here's the other thing. Like, if you get voted to the Pro Bowl, go to it. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford Pro Bowl quarterbacks, they're not going. So now we get to see Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, and Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's not going because he's in the Super Bowl, of course. It's like, why? Like, why Why are you not going to be there? Mm-hmm. So, yes, like, the Geno three Smith guys. should not be in a Pro Bowl quarterback. I'm sorry, he's not. Oh. The Seahawks don't even want him. <laughs> no. Uh, the three guys that got voted in won't even be there. And I know that they, like, look at the next guys that get voted in, but... You're right. Like Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, and Geno Smith, those are your Pro Bowl represent. That's not good. And and so, and also a lot of their contracts are tied to Pro Bowls. That's got to stop. I completely agree. Yeah. If you're an agent, though, you're probably like, hey, shut up, actually, because (laughs) Geno Smith just got a giant pay increase because he hit that incentive of made the Pro Bowl. (laughs) And we all know he didn't deserve it, he didn't play well enough to get there. But my guy got some money. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. But the Pro Bowl rosters, too, are they're just not good either. And, uh, like, a lot of the replacements, like C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown, you want to watch them play? Too bad. They're not going. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are they doing instead? Probably literally anything else. They might do mm-hmm. nothing that Sunday. Yeah. Or they're probably off doing some kind of media somewhere. It's just... It's going to be dead, and maybe this is a, a player problem, too. Of like, If you're not paying these guys, what incentive do they actually have to be there? They don't want to go and be competitive in these events. They, they don't want to do pretty much anything at all. But I don't know. We'll have the Pro Bowl. I won't watch it again. Um, so if you were thinking, I wonder what the boys that mic'd up are going to think of the Pro Bowl. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to pretend to watch it. I will do what a lot of you do. I will see it on Twitter or Instagram when they put out the highlights of it. But it, I'm not devoting my time to And you guys are welcome for us being completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get into some storylines from this year, though. Uh, we wanted to do our year-end review. Um, for me, I absolutely loved – let's do football first. I loved the story of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I started out the season very mad at them. Uh, for beating the Kansas City Chiefs, and it almost felt like I remember when that schedule was announced. Of like, oh, you're you're scheduling the Lions. Like that's that's nice of you to to give them that game. They don't deserve it. They're not going to be very good, but to give them that game, and then even after they beat the Chiefs, uh, I won't speak for you, but I know even I thought like, okay, maybe this is a bit of a, a trap game where the Chiefs yeah. didn't take them seriously. Looking back at it, hindsight. Lions just 
came in and kicked some ass, and they played very well all year long. So, like, one of my favorite storylines on the year was watching the Lions play all year and to just continue to improve and be that gritty team that Dan Campbell wanted them to be. Yeah, and, like, everything that he said the day he got the job just means so much more now, right? Like, you see everyone mm-hmm. saying that on social media, and it's just true. It's a, it's awesome. Uh, just hopefully they can find their way back there, uh, continue to get better, that's for sure. Um, for me, one of the best storylines in terms of a team uh, was the the up, the up, up, up of the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles and then the immediate crash that took place. I mean, for them to just start the season off, just coming lights out, just firing, dominating, like, man, this team's out for a vengeance this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they lost the Super Bowl, what might some might say is a cheap call, um, <laughs> depending on what side you're on. To me, I love it. Good job, <laughs> pretty pretty uh, fair to me. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was pretty spot on. I mean, hey, all this jersey, you got it right there in the picture. But for them to just come into this year and just tearing it up, annihilating teams, you go into Kansas City, you win, your coach is talking shit, walking into the tunnel, everyone's on a high, and then just two weeks later, it starts crumbling. Fans are at your coach's neck, wanting him to run the ball more. They're right there on the the gate entrance of the stadium for them heading into the office and like run the ball. And he's like, Yeah, I get it. Like passion fan base, that's super cool. And then it just kept crashing. Like you just didn't get any better. And then you get mm-hmm. to the playoffs. And you lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's just like, <laughs> wh- how? Like this, the Bucks didn't even win their division, or excuse me, barely won their division. Just kind of skated through, but they didn't have any business being there. This was one of those years where we look at the NFC South and say, yeah, maybe nobody from your division should get in the playoffs. Well, mm-hmm. this is why they do, because then they beat a team that was just in the Super Bowl, and now you look at the Eagles and go, what are you guys doing next year? Yeah. Who's retiring? Who's coming back? You guys are older. Is the faith still there in your coach? You fired your offensive coordinator. You got Kellen Moore. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a storyline that's going to bleed over into next year. Even, like, another one for me was the Bills, too, of, like, oh, no, Super Bowl window is closed. Like People yeah. were slamming it shut of, you're never going to do it. You're going to have to get rid of your receiver. You might fire your head coach. And then for them to... Still put it together. Maybe it had a disappointing season if you're a Bills fan. But still put it together, make a little bit of a playoff run, and it still looked really good as well. Another one, <laughs> the Bengals. I liked watching them fail. I have said <laughs> yeah. I'm not a Joe Burrow fan. I thought it was pretty funny watching them run their mouths and then still not being good. Like Jamar Chase, is, he's a wonderful receiver. Why are you still talking shit on the Kansas City Chiefs when you're at home? Um, so it's that was another one that I just I did get a little bit of joy out of. I guess if I need to do a positive one, like watching the Browns win without Deshaun Watson was a really fun thing to do this year. Of like, oh no, our <laughs> quarterback nice, the success <laughs> without someone else. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, even my positive comments are like a backhanded yeah. compliment. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you seem so much happier. Not being in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. You got to love it. Uh, for me, another storyline uh, is just uh, the Baker Mayfield uh, resurgence of the season. I feel like he kind of got a lot of people's respect back. You, we saw that chip on his shoulder, which we see Baker play his best at, and that was there this year. Uh, and then another one, the up and down of Brock Purdy. You know, certain <laughs> points of the year, this guy was runaway MVP. 
Then he has a game with four interceptions. One of them might have been his fault. Everything else was a deflection. His arm gets hurt, and they're like, this guy stinks. San Francisco is going to have to do something without him. Like, this is not a franchise quarterback. It's just It's not it. Like, move on from him. He's mystery relevant for a reason. Helps guide them to a Super Bowl. This guy's the best. The Niners have a franchise quarterback. If they beat the Chiefs, holy cow, look at what the Niners have done. It's like, yeah, look at what the Niners have done. They drafted a quarterback early that they traded up for that the head coach didn't want. Messed it up. You drafted a guy with the last pick of the draft the next year, and it ends up working out for you. And mm-hmm. now you're in a Super Bowl. We'll see how the Super Bowl plays out. But if, like, the Niners lose and Brock Birdie has an interception or anything like that or a sack fumble, oh, yeah, it's going to be right back him. to – Exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo all over again. Can't make the big throw. Could have won it. Didn't happen. Yeah. Hey, quickly, like, before the game is over, uh, if it goes that way, it will happen. And then my, my last storyline – Maybe it's an obvious one. I love that Taylor Swift has put herself in the NFL. And, yeah. uh, you know, not even really. Like, the NFL brought her in. It was Travis Kelsey who did it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I absolutely love it. Like, I know a lot of people get mad online. I'm almost to the point to where I just find it humorous. Because now I'm seeing people break it down and being like, this is how many minutes the Kansas City Chiefs were on TV. This is how many seconds Taylor Swift was. It is like she was on screen for a three-hour game. She was on for like 11 seconds. And people are absolutely outraged. They will 11 sit there seconds, through. I didn't want to see her. <laughs> right? Like in the NFL, you kick the ball off and take a commercial break. <laughs> you get like a first down, take a commercial break. One of the playoff games, there was a drone too close to the stadium we took a commercial break. Like, there's just so much time where it's stopped. Or you're showing so many people. Uh, I saw somebody's tweet that said, like, nobody's getting mad when you show the random fan in the stands for 10 seconds. Yeah. But you see this woman who's there to support her boyfriend. And for some reason, that is pissing you off. Like, I, it doesn't just, make sorry sense. Sorry she just happens to be a billionaire and the biggest <laughs> pop star in the country. Um, yeah. The Chiefs celebrating the AFC Championship win uh, on the field, and, like, you see Travis and Taylor hug. To me, for whatever reason, that humanized her so much more than anything else I've seen her do. Like, mm-hmm. she was just genuinely happy for him in winning. And to them, it was like, yeah, we're just going to give a hug and a kiss. And I'll see you in the later. Like, it was just like, yeah, she's just another freaking human being. She's just everywhere. Like, everybody <laughs> loves her and everybody hates her. Freaking uh-huh. T-Swift, baby. Shake it off. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> keep going with it. Yeah, but that was that was one of my favorite storylines. I'm looking forward to it next year. I hope it continues. I also, uh, I love all the conspiracy theories that are coming with it of like she's an NFL plant and they they did all this stuff on purpose like there are a lot of them out there I, uh, we you built her entire them. career for this point for her to yeah. be an Eagles fan I for the Chiefs one. to have this super attractive lady killing tight end yeah. we put them together I after they a beat video the Eagles this week and it's a guy who says like Taylor Swift, like, she came out of nowhere. Who is she even? And then her boyfriend, who's like a tight end, what is that even? Like, no tight ends or superstars. Yeah, okay, bud. Like, they've built their careers for like a decade now. But, yeah, they, they came out of the blue. They've been working their ass off to reach this point. Here comes you freaking low life. Who are these people? Who are you, dude? 
But everybody in America should know that that guy is a dumbass because I feel like you have to know who Taylor Swift is or you have to know who Travis Kelsey is. <laughs> I, I get it. There's not a lot of us that were out there being like, yep, followed both of them for their whole careers. But you got to know who one of them are. So to hear yeah. somebody be like, this person came out of the blue. Like, ah, actually, Travis has been doing it for a minute. He just passed Jerry Rice for all-time playoff catches. And Taylor Swift is a billionaire. So, like, mm-hmm. neither one of them really came out of the blue. It's just, it's wild. But I, I love that storyline, and I hope it continues. Yeah, and I think it will as well. Um, it's just been, it's been a fun and interesting year that's been just filled with crazy storylines. And it's going to continue heading into the Super Bowl. And, uh yeah. As a Chiefs fan, just happy to be back. Mm-hmm. And next week we will uh, we'll break down the Super Bowl. Yep. It's a nice matchup. You get uh, 49ers versus Chiefs once again. It feels like that. It feels like we were just doing this not too yeah. long ago for Chiefs 49ers. Just Here hopefully this time, no pandemic afterwards. <laughs> I know. I really <laughs> shut the whole world down there, guys. Ah, you're going to make me share my thoughts. I'm going to jinx it. I hope that this is we're finally closing the book on that era. Of it started with the Super Bowl. I Why? hope it's ending with Why? it, which, which means buckle up because 2024 is going to absolutely suck. Something uh, is going to happen. It's really bad. Yeah. Uh, but that's it for us uh, today. <laughs> yeah, what a way to end it. Hey, world demise. <laughs> Doom and up, gloom. Huh? Hey, uh, you know what? Though? You guys you next week. <laughs> go get something to eat. Take care of yourself. We appreciate <laughs> you so all much. you guys. We'll talk to you next week.